Shalom and welcome. I'm Chelsea, certified mermaid, diver, and science communicator. And I'm Blake, scuba dive master, freediving instructor, and also a science communicator. <laughs> We've created the Save the Mermaids podcast to connect ocean lovers from across the seven seas who have a desire to protect our waters and learn to live in sync with nature. Save the mermaids, save the seas. Let's dive in. And now for our happy environmental news. So we have happy ocean news today. Thank you to 12 Tides and the Good News Network for supplying today's good news. Oh, have you had 12 Tides kelp chips? Yes. No, 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 no. It just makes makes me feel like a mermaid when I eat kelp. Like, I don't even care what the taste is. I just (laughs) want to be like, oh, what are you eating? What did you bring to work today? Like, it's kelp. It's good. Oh, I'm, I'm eating kelp. You know? I and it really does help that they taste good. Yeah. <laughs> We're not sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you know. But if you want to send us kelp chips, we'd be down. We will eat them. You can hear us chomp on the podcast. I sure everybody would love People that. People pay for weird stuff like that on TikTok. We could do like an ASMR yeah. kelp chip situation. Crunch and mermaid. <gasps> See? Oh my god. Already branded. Idea is born. <laughs> okay. Okay, what do they post about? <laughs> I'm assuming it's not kelp chips. It's not. But now I want some kelp chips real bad. <laughs> uh, okay, no, we're going to talk about Australia. Okay, that's it. Australia. So scientists released hundreds of endangered white seahorses back into the wild recently. Oh. I know. So it's the only seahorse or sea dragon species in Australia's um, national endangered, endangered species list. Okay. And they're trying to repopulate them. And they made them special little hotels. Oh. So they like released a bunch of them and now they're just staying at their little hotels and repopulating. Mm -hmm. Um, So the project was conducted through a private public effort consisting of the Sydney Aquarium and the Department of Primary Industries. Um, And that's an agency that oversees hunting, agriculture, fishing, and forestry. Cool. So good for them. Seahorse hotels. I want to go see them real bad. I was going to say, how do I check in there? Right. You know? I just picture like actual tiny little like coral made buildings with like little windows I, right i imagine like the palace from the little mermaid yeah just a bunch of seahorses swimming in and like holding on like they each have their own little pole to hold on to in each room yes oh <laughs> and coming out and doing their little daily yeah. dances <laughs> sexy dance good for you just everybody i yeah, love that one all of that is happy that's a really cute news <laughs> that's adorable okay it is the end of our May flowers. Yeah. So <laughs> I found a plant that has been wreaking havoc all <laughs> across Florida, which a lot of things wreak havoc across Florida. Florida is havoc. Yeah. Um, but so today we're going to be talking about seaweed, but in particular, sargassum. <laughs> have you heard about all that sargassum is doing? I have heard of like I've definitely heard that in like news sources and stuff yeah but when you picked this plan and specifically asked me not to research it because it's kind of crazy I stopped it's yeah so I have a couple of things that are a little insane about this so first of all if you have visited the gulf beaches of Corpus Christi or honestly anywhere in the gulf of Mexico you've probably noticed one of nature's most complex ecosystem piled up or um it's scientifically called as just like a sargassum pile. Oh, yeah. That's what we call it. Okay. Um, it's also known as gulfweed or sea holly. Mm-hmm. It's a floating marine plant that is brown and green in color. It's dense and bushy with bladders that help keep it in the water's surface. Uh, so it floats. The proximity to the sun improves its ability to photosynthesize. 
Uh, they form large floating masses and are distributed through temperate and tropical oceans. Oh my gosh. Yeah, the plant can sometimes be used as an herbal remedy. Um, so it can be used like for human purposes. Isolated compounds in it exhibit uh, diverse biological activities like analgesic, anal's, anti-inflammatory, antioxidant, neuroprotective, antimicrobial, anti-tumor, fibronolytic, immunomodulatory, <laughs> anticoagulant, hepatoprotective, and antiviral activity, etc. However, you shouldn't just like go out and eat it. It needs to be processed because it, it's really high in arsenic. Of course it is. So if you are like needing your daily vitamin, don't just go chomp on some of this. And also you really won't want to because of the smell that happens. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I just looked up a picture of it. This stuff uh-huh. is the reason I was afraid of the ocean growing up. Ooh. So we used to go to Florida all the time and mm-hmm. that's the stuff you swim through and it like touches your leg yes. and it's like dirty uh-huh. and like oh I know exactly what you're talking it's about it's a gross feeling it's gross so okay you keep going I have a question for later okay sargassum um does have a lot of really good beneficial things though so we shouldn't just like clear it from the beaches because it aids in strengthening sand dunes uh it helps protect from high tides also winds and storms it kind of blocks if it's floating on the surface it'll kind of calm down those massive waves uh, also, when it dies and sinks back into the water, it transports nutrients to the deep sea environments. Uh, fun fact, many creatures benefit from sargassum at sea, including small sea turtles, such as the Kemp's Ridley, that use it to protect from predators. Other species, such as billfish, use the sargassum mats as sort of like a mobile nursery. So it's like a floating mangrove forest Aww. is essentially what it is, just like a little mangrove for all these babies. Um, it provides food and shelter as the fish grow. And then when they feel stronger, they can just boop, swim away. Just bail. Mm-hmm. So I guess I thought that maybe it was blooming at such a rate that it was a problem. Yeah, we'll talk about that. Oh, we are. Okay, okay. Yeah. So uh, fun fact, according to the National Park Service, as many as 70 species can live in those floating masses of sargassum. Aww. Yeah, so that's why you don't just want to scoop it and burn it because you're taking out a bunch of little microorganisms. And that's why we've run into a bit of a problem, right? Okay um okay so this is my fun fact that i didn't want you to look up (laughs) there is a giant blob of seaweed called the great atlantic sargassum belt that is floating towards the west coast of florida in the gulf of mexico do you want to guess how big it is oh my god was this just in the news Mm -hmm. okay i don't know how big it is uh okay let me guess i did i totally saw this on the news like last week yeah (gasps) everyone's like it's headed for florida yeah it's like seaweed (laughs) um is it like miles yes four (laughs) insert ad here at save the mermaids podcast we are always looking for fun and sustainable businesses to support and one that we absolutely love is nudiewear I met the owners, Christy and Ryan, at a scuba cleanup right here on Oahu. They are a local, sustainable clothing brand that makes activewear, swimsuits, dry bags, purses, and headbands in gorgeous wildlife-inspired patterns such as the mandarin fish, nudibranchs, and whale sharks. They donate 10% of each purchase to conservation efforts across the globe. Their activewear is made from recycled water bottles, and they even make beautiful jewelry out of the discarded fishing nets. Go to our website, www.mermaidconservation.com, and use the code SAVETHEMERMAIDS to receive 10% off of your purchase. 
And if you're on the island of Oahu, join Nudiewear for their monthly underwater cleanups. See you there. I hope you enjoyed that. I'm dying. <laughs> okay, so yes, Miles, but a lot more than four. It's about 5,000 miles. <laughs> I was way up. <laughs> for the amount of weight, that's 13.5 million metric tons. That's how thick it is. But if you want a better like visual of how many miles, 5,000 miles is, that's like driving through the length of Alaska twice. Ew. There and back. What is it doing? Why? <laughs> what happened? <laughs> so a part of that has to do with global warming and we'll get into that in a little bit. Um, but so this is the issue that like a lot of people have with this washing up on their shore is uh, when the blob, especially something that big, reaches the shore, another gas comes into play, which is hydrogen sulfide oh yeah so uh this is produced as seaweed rots and it smells like have you smelled this before yes rotten eggs yep yeah it's just oh definitely changes the vibe of your beach vacation five thousand miles of rotten eggs alaska double alaska that's so much so much it's unnecessary yeah (laughs) Um, inhaling this hydrogen sulfide can make it harder to breathe, especially if you have breathing conditions like asthma. Um, it can also irritate your eyes, nose, and throat. It's not expected to cause long-term health ben- uh, health effects if you encounter it on the beach because the fresh air can dilute the gas, but don't like pick some up and work on it in a closed space. So I think what this podcast has taught me is that if you have asthma, you shouldn't live in Florida, mm-hmm. basically. Yes. Okay. Definitely. <laughs> Um, next time you are on the Gulf beaches though, and see seaweed, remember that it can be extremely beneficial and important, uh, to parts of the Gulf of Mexico and keeping our natural beaches strong. But we'll talk about a little bit of the balance that comes into play with what's been happening recently. So, um, oh yeah, this is one other weird thing that people in Florida, (laughs) I love all of our listeners from Florida. Don't get me wrong, but you guys are little nuts. (laughs) Um, so one of the things is somebody started saying that seaweed can cause, um can cause cancer in humans because of that like they're like oh well it can cause cancer it can't but it has arsenic which definitely is not great for us yeah Yeah. um however the department does warn against eating it like i said because of arsenic cadmium and other heavy metals so just don't don't eat it don't use it unless somebody's like processed it taken out those compounds and then given it to you prescribed by a doctor i feel like the only thing i would eat plant-wise out of the ocean is giant kelp i do too because i've done that it doesn't be like yeah yeah um the department uh florida health department says children should always be supervised at the beach and beachgoers should avoid swimming near the seaweed um while touching the seaweed isn't harmful animals like stinging jellyfish and little crabs can live within it and hurt swimmers so that's why it was probably creepy as f to you yeah just walking through it and little crabs are reaching out and grabbing you oh that's yeah. why i hated it yeah it still gives me the heebie-jeebies when something like obviously when something touches you in the water you freak out but it had a very specific feel it's yeah it's I like had that in florida it's like gives you the willies yeah yeah um okay so also, a couple of new uses for sargassum collected from the beach are being developed at the moment because we have a little bit too much of it. Um, it's been used as biofuel, fertilizer, um, but also, this is an issue, livestock feed or fish food. Uh-oh. So if you think about it, we're like, oh, it's 
it's not good for us to eat, but we're going to feed all of these like ridiculously high in toxic metal things to the cows that we're eating. Yeah. So pay attention to where your food is coming from and what it's being fed. You want grass fed organic meat if you're going to eat meat because they could be giving it this, which is ridiculously high in arsenic. And then you could be feeling terrible. Who's making these decisions? Florida. Hey, Florida. Come on. Um, like I said, it does play an important role in the environment. However, we've seen some odd changes in the amount of sargassum being produced lately. As the increased atmospheric concentrations of greenhouse gases like carbon dioxide cause global warming, average ocean temperatures have risen about 1.5 degrees Fahrenheit since 1901. That doesn't sound like a lot, but in terms of an animal's like comfort level, it's it's a big deal. It's a ton. Uh, we believe that this is contributing to the increased growth of sargassum and lengthening growing season. So it's great in terms of the animals have more places to go, but when more of that is washing up on the beaches, it can be obviously negative because to Alaska's and it smells really, really, really bad. So what what's going to happen? They've been trying to use, like I said, take some of it up and use it for biofuel or use it for feed and things like that. But the only way to get it back into balance would be to cool the planet. Yeah. That'd be nice. Let's do that. Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> Thanks so much for diving in with us today. Please make sure to follow us on Instagram at Save the Mermaids Podcast. Visit our website at www.mermaidconservation.com for all the podcast merch and our eco-friendly favorites. And don't forget to join our Facebook community, Save the Mermaids Podcast Community. This is where we will post our monthly meetups, share our favorite underwater adventures, and connect with like-minded ocean lovers all over the world. Until next time, mermaids! Mm-hmm.